What do you do when someone has hurt your child, when someone has said something ugly to your child or about your child or embarrassed your child in school? Is there a way to take advantage of that situation and teach the concept of forgiveness? Welcome to another edition of Parenting on Purpose with Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries. I'm your host, Ruthie J, and I think your parenting <laughs> uh, DNA comes out real strong when someone hurts your child. You're like, oh, no, you didn't. Mm. You can hurt me, but don't even think about hurting my kid. And that's where all kinds of other extra emotions come out, too. I think so. I, I think it's awesome. And I'm in such a sweet moment right now. My youngest has just had his first baby as we were waiting for this baby, he and I have gone for long walks at night this week, whether it was the hospital parking lot one night or sitting on our deck one night. And he asked me, he, Roby is a pastor in Southwest, in Southwest Broward County, Florida. And he asked me the question, do you remember the nights of us being born? And I said, yeah, I do. And he said, what were your emotions? And I said, my emotions were terrified. That would be the first one, this responsibility. Your mom and I were like you, we're married 10 years before we had children. And so I was terrified, but I remember some of the corner turns on the terror. And one of them was the two times we had to take you to the hospital. One time we had to take him to the hospital because he died in the pediatrician's office. The pediatrician mm-hmm. gave him a shot that we didn't know he was allergic to. And uh, his heart stopped and they had to send oh. a, an ambulance and a fire truck to clean out the road on the way to the hospital. And police had it all set up. And by the time I got to the hospital, he was already sitting up crying that he left his cowboy boots uh, over at the doctor's oh office. God. Yes. And so it was a moment where I realized that uh, and it was valuable that I said, Roby, that was the moment I realized God loves you more than I do. And he mm-hmm. permits incidents in our lives to teach us, to train us. And um, that as a parent, it was very freeing after the emotion of that moment. There were, there were five or six pastors waiting for me at the emergency room because they knew I was coming in sideways. I, I was flying in there and I'm not good in those moments. And they were hilarious because one of the pastors, Dan Sutherland, actually walked out to my car and saying, he's okay, he's okay, he's okay. Mm-hmm. And I just lost it. And then realizing that the incidents that happen in our children's lives, the big traumatic ones to the little ones, are for all of us to learn because they've been filtered through the hands of God. So when someone does something mean to your child, when someone makes a decision you don't think is just with your child, there are there are a lot of options here. And one of them, sometimes it's to go talk to the person um, but other times it's an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, you've permitted this. So how do I handle this to help my child do better uh, in life? And this is part of your honing and your training that's past my ability to train. And I think those are sitting on the bed times. I think when they're little, I think the injustices that happen are someone didn't invite to a birthday party and the other mm-hmm. girls in class, maybe I don't remember if this happened, but this kind of moment, other girls got invited and she didn't mm-hmm. or on and on and on. And then it's time for Tori's birthday party and she doesn't want to invite that person back to the party. And it's an opportunity for me to say that's a natural response. I get that. Uh, but what would Jesus have you do? You know, in her own words, saying it's not fair to use that, you know, whatever her own <laughs> don't words. Don't go there, yeah. Dad. <laughs> and it would have been different because she was a child. But helping them not react in kind, helping them not when my children Children get hurt by other people. Things are said about them. Things are said in the cyber world about them, whatever it is. Helping them then decide, 
I was in a good mood till this person said that, and that person robbed my good mood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like us. You're at a light, and uh, you're in a good mood, and you're the first in line at the traffic light. This actually happened this morning. And you are a millisecond late in pulling off. and the Millisecond, per- right? And the person behind <laughs> you just slams on their horn, welcome to South Florida. Right. And you could either be in a bad mood. You could either be processing gestures yourself uh, that you're going to return with, or you can decide, why would I let? that person be in control of me. I was in a good mood. Why would I be in a bad mood? I I remember going into a men's meeting uh, and talking about don't let anger get control over you and having a CD of different horn noises. And I played all these different horn noises at the opening of this power lunch. It was called power lunch. And everybody's dying laughing over this, you know, the Volkswagen and all the different things. And then saying, so why aren't we laughing on the highway? We give too much power to other people because we haven't been taught not to give power to other people. When somebody has offended my child, hurt my child, left my child out, not invited my child to the slumber party, whatever it is, those are really great opportunities. And in the rejection or in the pain to teach my children, this will be life, but don't let it control you. Don't let it control your response. And when you have an opportunity, be different than that. Mm -hmm. Respond differently. And how about just bringing up another kind of situation? If your kid's being, you know, bullied a lot, and you've taught him to be loving, don't say bad words back, don't fight back. Or what do you do with this kid who's just a little not as aggressive as you would want him to be? And they're constantly getting hurt here. Well, you said a lot in there. You're constantly getting <laughs> hurt. We have to define what the hurt is. Um, Let's and, just say bullying. For okay. The sake well, of this and even bullying, we have to decide what that is. I, bullying is huge and it's a huge issue. And I want to prepare my children for that. And I want to prepare my children that you give bullies power by letting bullies see that they have power. Uh, if bullies don't have any power and you just act like it's irrelevant, uh, they move on to other people. I think the big thing with bullying, Roby asked me once when he was about 13, 12, 13, dead, is there ever a time to fight? And I said, absolutely. I said, but rarely is there a time to fight for you unless you're protecting yourself to get out of a situation. Well, what if they say something bad about mom? And I said, I Mm -hmm. think your mom would say, I'd rather have you walk away. Uh, Wow, they didn't hurt me. I didn't even hear it. So (laughs) don't mess with it. I said, the time you fight is when someone's bullying somebody else and step in to defend that weak person, knowing you may be in a fight. That's the time. Jesus never defended himself. He defended others. He defended the woman caught in the act of adultery. Uh, And it said he was angry at that moment. And so I think I want to help my children not being controlled by the atmosphere and immaturity around them so that when they have been hurt and they're absolutely devastated and Tori is dragging her backpack across the parking lot of school as I'm picking her up and I know, oh my goodness, somebody said something. And she's in and she's all emotional, which is standard procedure middle school girl. (laughs) Right. And uh, it's awesome. And we're not going straight home, even though I don't really have time and I need to call the office and say, okay, I'm picked her up and I'm going to be an hour late. We're going to Jamba Juice and tell me what happened. And uh, well, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. And slowly getting it out and getting Mm -hmm. it out. And why do you think they did that? Um, no, I don't know. They're just mean people. And I said, well, I, generally people say things like that when they're jealous of other people. So are they jealous of you? No, they're not jealous of me, daddy. They're not at all. I said, well, sounded like it a little bit. Um, so you can't think of any reason that you did that, that forced them to do that to you. No, now you're being on their side. I'm not on their side. I'm just asking questions. Mm-hmm. So it was no reason. So, okay, great. Let's talk about it. And let's talk about your response. Let's talk about your response tomorrow. And you could mm-hmm. go out and say mean things and, and post mean things, or you could act like it was totally irrelevant and you don't care. And Tori, I would so hold my head up high and be totally irrelevant and don't care. But here's the other thing. Ever given an opportunity to be nice to that person? Be nice to them. I don't 
want to be their friend. I know you don't. Be nice to them. And you're not being nice to them to get anything in return. Just be nice to them. And if you invited them to something when you're inviting everybody else and they don't come, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Do not be like them. Do not let those people make you like them. And react the way that they're acting. That means we're learning how to forgive. Mm. We're learning how to forgive. Because we give mean people a power that we don't want them to have. And it's also a power over me. And then it also makes me like them. And I don't want to be like them. I want to be Christ-like if I want to be like anything. And so what would Jesus too. I mean, the Pharisees were screaming horrible things at him. His whole three years of ministry, they would stand there. And it was bizarre. You know, they're sitting on the front row in this man's house. And when you look at this story, these four friends have a very, very serious need. And the very, very serious need is to get their cripple friend in there. They can't get their cripple friend in because it's so crowded. And the religious people are, are in the front row. Get out of the way and let the people that need to be there. And they're only on the front row waiting to criticize. These guys come through the roof, put their guy down through, which is the coolest scene on the planet. Uh, you know, when we get to heaven, you're going to want to know who owned the house, right. uh, who's looking up at this. And then they, he says, my son, your sins are forgiven. And they're so critical. And so then he says, well, just to show you who has said that, and he heals the man, which is amazing. And mm -hmm. then and the man gets up, and one translation says, pushes his way through them. Jesus was Jesus. He was awesome. He was God in skin. I think he could have vaporized him. I don't know. He could have done a lot, of, but he didn't. He gave them all the opportunities to come to understand who he was. It's like having the ultimate confidence, though, as well. Nobody defines who I am. That's right. And usually your barbarian child is good at that, you know, because they've maybe got a tough Well, our barbarian child is good at that. Sometimes they come back harsh. Right. The power yeah. uh, comes back big. Right. And your pleasure child goes into a hole. Right. Well, and then so there's different reactions. You have to kind of build confidence accordingly oh, with yeah. the personality of the child. Why do you think there's so many people in culture? We feel so threatened all the time. Because let's bring us right back to the beginning, because I think we're a very bitter, very angry culture. And in our bitterness and in our anger, in our culture, I think because we have not forgiven, mm -hmm. because we don't live in Mayberry, where your grandmother came and got you and says, I'm bringing you over to so-and-so's house and you're going to sit on the front porch till you work this thing out. <laughs> we write people off, write people off, write people off. We go to homeowners association meetings and say horrible things. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. But people who are confident and people who are leaders, imagine every single president of the United States wakes up every morning. He could read all the horrible things that were yeah. printed about him. You know, they said George W. was dumb. I mean, he had an Ivy League degree, two of them, by the way. Give me a break. <laughs> but all the things the press said because they disagree with him, they never got to him. He still got up every morning at 530 and got Laura coffee before he went and worked out with his security team that adored him because he was such a great man. He did not let other people define him. Mm -hmm. He didn't do opinion polls to define him. He knew why he was there. Mm -hmm. Your typical pastor today, they're just that mean group of people that are going to say horrible things. Here at the office, Kim asked me, why would you read that email before you go into the pulpit there? And I said, because I just want to read the email. I feel bad for this guy. He's so sad that he would say that about me. What, what's been done to him to say that? I want to teach my children not to be defined by the meanness of other people because we're in such a mean culture. Mm -hmm. Somebody honks at somebody and that person gets so mad that they pull up next to him and go into this rage. Really, you let that horn noise do that to you. I want to raise my children to know there will be mean people. And that is the opportunity. Mean people bring out who you are. We're all like this toothpaste tube and you never know what's in the tube till the tube gets squeezed. Mm -hmm. And when people squeeze you, what comes out? And if bad or mean or 
or harsh or ugly or foul comes out of me, wow, I got to back up and do a redo if I say I'm a child of the king. That's kind of like the the clean slate mentality. You teach your kids, you know, just keep things clean. There's something bother you, let's start dealing with it because that stuff, bitterness builds up really fast and strong. Oh, then yeah. you have to kind of dismantle all that bitterness of your whole life to start because that's the freedom I think that Christ talks about in, in the Bible as well. Oh yeah, insecure people try to strike first, join gangs, growing clubs, join whatever it is, and bully because they're insecure people. They have no purpose, so they've discovered you know this dysfunctional purpose. I want my children to be not just out of their way. I want them to be the opposite, and I want my children to be confident enough in who they are. And mm-hmm. you define self-esteem and who you are by whose you are. Are you part of the football team? Is that your whole definition? Then the year you don't make it or don't go to college to play football, then you have no self-esteem. And parents teach that to their kids, Oh, they right? do. We're a performance culture. You know, beauty and performance. And so, no, if Jesus loves me and has a plan for me, then that is the beginning of who I am by whose I am. And so in that, then when this mean person says something or or does something, it's very empowering to not let them define me. It's very empowering for them to not find the bitter or angry button. It's very empowering to walk away. It's very empowering to even use humor at that time. Mm. And, uh, you know, when they say something mean. And, And so I would even rehearse with my kids kids some responses to those things that are hilarious you know whatever they call you and wow you knew that how'd you know that and just walk away just walk away and watching uh, somebody drop their tray in the in the lunchroom and what's your response to that you know well if it's you dropping your tray i'd stand there and applaud myself that i dropped my i would make you make humor out of it laugh at yourself yeah yeah. this is great can i do this again i'd like to do this again (laughs) um and just decide no one else is going to find that button on me that gets me to respond in a way that's on a tape in heaven. And I that's don't want especially that. important in middle and high school. Girls, I'm sorry. I'm going to hit the gender right here. Oh, my gosh. Girls, yes. Yes, your whole gender here. And I'm going to go gently here. But <laughs> wow, uh, when somebody says something mean. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mean people are going to say mean things. How did they get to be mean? They got to be mean because somebody's done something to them. Somebody's hurt them. They've not dealt with the hurt. See how low their self-esteem really is. And don't join the crowd and try to be them or take them out. I'm responsible to God for a different response. I have to spend time hearing my children. I have to spend time helping them practice those situations. I have to also realize they are children. It's going to take a long time to get there, but it's part of their training. You've been listening to Dr. Bob Barnes from Sheridan House Family Ministries here on Parenting on Purpose. I'm Ruthie J., your host. And if you enjoyed today's program and you want to share it with uh, someone on social media, it's really easy to do that. You can sign up to get this program along with the corresponding blog, even download the app to get it automatically. Go to parentingonpurpose.org. That's where you'll find it all. And you can even search for other topics we've covered as well. Parentingonpurpose.org. And to find out more about Sheridan House Family Ministries and the Children's Homes, the Counseling Center, and the many resources to help you in your uh, parenting, even your marriage journey, all those proceeds go to help the Children's Homes. You can get that at shfm.org. We hope you join us tomorrow as we wrap up this conversation about teaching forgiveness to your kids on Parenting on Purpose.